0: To musical Wednesday night, musical osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nicholas Saucy One broadcasting to you live from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co host, calling in all the way from Charm City, Maryland, my pal Odell Norman. Odell, what is happening? What is up, man? How you doing? I am slowly getting over this flu. I went from sounding like Peter Brady going through puberty to B. Arthur on a drunken stupor to now just kind of like a nasally gopher from Love Boat because all my references are from 80s TV, 70s TV. But I will um, break the fourth wall here like I did the other night on the show and tell everybody that I'm getting a new mic for Christmas. This mic, when you push the uh, mute button on it, it gets stuck, and I have to hit it like ten times to get it unstuck, and I've got this great resounding fear that it's going to get stuck on mute, and I'm not going to be able to talk, which is actually one of my greatest fears in life, not being able to ramble. (laughs) So if you hear coughing or anything in the background, I'm sorry, I don't have a way to mute myself, so you'll just have to deal with the low production value until Christmas when we're back on track.
1: You're just, you're How you doing, it in the real season. man? You're just keeping it real.
0: Yeah, that's what we'll call it. This is giving me street <laughs> cred. So, here's the deal. i um, actually first, Danielle. We are wrapping things up for the year. We're gonna do a couple yes. Christmas shows in a month, and on a couple different yes. shows, and um, a New Year's Eve, you know, show. End of the year show. I think it's the 27th. Who do we got coming on Friday for our last scheduled show? This
2: Friday, on Friday Night Ring Trivia, we will have uh, Cyrus McQueen. <laughs> yep. Comedian Cyrus McQueen. And we are doing. Um, uh, what, what are we doing for the trivia? I, I, American inventors. It's the mother sorry, of all. Sorry, my America. brain just went. Pfft.
0: Tesla versus. <sighs> That's and what my brain did. Over here. Yep, yep. Inventors, American
2: Um Avengers. Yes. And uh, sorry about that. My, you know, every once in a while, my brain just gets stuck and yeah. And then we're going to have, of course, the end of the year show with all kinds of cool people that we've had on before, including, but not limited to John Lear. And I have a feeling, I have a really good feeling that we may get a really cool announcement on the end of the year show from
0: John Lear. Nice. Yeah. I, got I, a think really, I
2: Nothing is, nothing is in stone, but I have
0: a really good feeling. I think William Sanderson's yeah. coming on, too. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh, my God, he's um, so nice. New Hard and Deadwood. I talked yeah. to his wife, and she couldn't confirm all the way that far, but it's pretty sure. I know, we love William, and I think he loves coming on the show, so I'm pretty sure he'll be on. All right, let me let me do this. Big, oh, and also, we, I just confirmed that Lips from Anvil will be stopping by our Christmas show to talk about his new album for yeah. a few minutes. Won't be a full-blown <laughs> interview, but we've had Lips on before. The guy is so filled and just armed with pure charm and charisma. I love talking to him. He's one of those guys. Like Kevin Smith, dude, like I don't particularly agree with a lot of what Kevin Smith says. Not just not politically, mm-hmm. but just like when he gets with Jason Mewes, he talks about semen a lot, like too much.
2: Yeah.
0: But when yeah, Dawn he's is really a lot. Good, but he's so he's got so much fucking charisma, I can listen to him talk even about Jiz all day. I couldn't listen to anybody else talk about Jiz but Kevin Smith. For some reason I can listen to that man speak all day. Joe Rogan's another guy I can listen to all day. Anyways, um just a heads up, I usually have my Facebook open. So if anybody to um kind of chimes in during the show, wants to ask a question or anything, I can kind of read it on the air. However, after reading my Facebook post the last couple of days, I feel like I want to take a fucking shower. And I'm not going to get super <laughs> political because this is our music show, but you know, my co-host, Dwayne, is very passionate about what he believes. And he put like 20 no. different – let me not exaggerate – about 10 I know, different right? things, anti-Muslim, anti-Syrian refugee flipping out. They're coming to get us. Oh, get your guns. No one can protect us. The Muslims are coming. The the Syrian refugees just flipping out. And finally on his last post, I was like, good job, dude. Three or four more posts. I I have a feeling like only three or four more posts and I'll be hating Muslims and refugees soon. It's really working on me. Like I don't understand what he thinks he's going to accomplish. He comes on there and almost everybody is disagreeing with him and telling him like he's just full of shit where he's getting these opinions and pulling these resources from And yet he just, I mean, you know, he wants to double down, dude, when pushed into a corner. I love the guy, but this is one of the um, reasons we have conflict on the show. And I don't know if you've listened to much of Dwayne or seen much of what he posted, though.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen it. (laughs) Like, I I saw a few today. I was like, "Woo, okay, Uh, let me get off of here. Yeah, and it's not
0: just that. I mean, like I said, Dwayne has his opinions, and I respect his opinions. I mean, every right, at least right. he's tuned in and you know, willing to talk to somebody from the other side of the political fence. But I see so many people. I saw stuff today. We're from Maryland, and I saw stuff that, like, just a warning to my friends, ISIS um, has, like, Pax River or Lexington Park on their hit list. And just all these remarks that are like, oh, I hope those ragheads come down here to St. Mary's. I got my gun. I, got little, oh I don't know what these guys think in their adult-minded little brains that they're going to jump off a roof at 20 ISIS-armed soldiers with a fucking spork and kill them all like Bruce, um, Bruce Lee or um, Bruce Willis or something. But it's just humorous to me, just a, like the bite into a Slim gym, macho man bravado online really? that people just say ridiculous shit you would never – Unless you were a complete psycho, you would never say this to somebody's face in person.
1: Well, that's the uh, that's the good and bad of social media, man. Everybody has a soapbox. So, um, you know, you don't have to think, you know, you throw 140 characters up there and then somebody's putting some stuff and then, you know, then they think after they say it and then they're like, oh, okay. But, you know, like I said, the good and bad is, you know, usually that first response is pretty much your honest response to things. So it just it makes you it makes you think,
0: man. It definitely does. Absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna get off the political rant. I don't know how many people listen to all four of our shows, or someone's like, yeah, I can't get into the political stuff, or I'm a teetotaler, as Al Piss said the other day. So I, I'm not into the drinking, the drunken trivia thing. But I know people don't come here for my political opinion. They could get that on Sunday. So I will move on to something fun. Odell, let yeah. me drop this on you, kind of unannounced. And try it out, because I want oh. to start doing, on Wednesdays, the days of our shows, This Day in Musical History. And I pulled oh, okay. a few facts I thought would be fun, and we'll see if it works or not. Okay, Uh-oh. so today, in Musical History, 1956, Fats Domino appeared on US on US TV, Ed Sullivan show performing Blueberry Hill. Were you a big um, Fats Domino fan?
1: Well... My my folks were my grandparents were and my folks were so I was brought up in that like fast Domino um, uh, uh, then all of course like you know Little Richard and and uh, uh, like uh, Wilson Pickett and, the, and those type of artists but yeah I mean you got to think man nineteen what was it you said nineteen fifty six. 1956, Ed Sullivan, really big shoe. Ed Sullivan Show. There's an American man on, nice. on, on that, doing, doing that song. That's amazing. That's a big moment in history, actually. A lot of people, I don't think, realize that. Okay,
0: um, 1970, Led Zeppelin III was at number one on the U.K. and U.S. album charts. Question, full disclosure to you and D, have you ever made love to Led Zeppelin III? No. <laughs> I
2: couldn't even identify what song that is at the moment. I I, I got like, a whole I,
0: lot of love. Oh no.
2: <laughs> no. Heaven. I, I'm sorry. No, I've black, never been I in a cheesy seventies <laughs> porno. So I can't say yeah, I've ever 80. done any of those things.
1: That okay. was before my time. That was a little bit that was a little bit before my time, so yeah. uh unless, you know, with some older woman that, you know. I don't recall.
0: <laughs> no. Well you know, every seventies um, movie, movie set in the 70s they're always making out to Led Zeppelin three.
1: Oh yeah, well what was you it, can't um, watch like Dave well, it wasn't confused. Led Zeppelin three but in a Fast times at Ridgemont High, right? Remember? You knew you yeah. knew the, you knew you knew the key was when my man put on uh, Zeppelin. Going down
0: the road, uh-oh, it's on. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a three album, because even that, um, his yeah. friend
1: was like, you
0: want to score, put on Led You want to score, three. yep, he played it. Okay. <laughs> right. um, 1970 as well, Jerry Lee Lewis and his wife and cousin. Vera um, Brown divorced in Memphis after 14 years of marriage. He made that shit work 14 years.
1: Mark Kelly
0: should take notes. Take notes <laughs> yeah. All right. Get to the next level. <laughs> 1976. Richard Hell and the Voids. Void Vods. Void Dods. Void Dods. I'm not familiar with this band. Okay. But they made their debut. The reason I listed it is they made their debut at CBGB's, which I am uh, familiar mm-hmm. with and I've been to and in love. 1992. Take a little jump here. British group Black Sabbath were honored with a star. I did not know this. A star on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or Rock and Roll—not Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock, Rock Walk in Hollywood. Is, is that okay. different
1: from stars? Mm-hmm. I think it's—I don't know. I would think it's in the same vicinity. It would have to be. Right. I mean, yeah. I mm-hmm. One block just for, so let you know, like actors, and then another block for music, musicians.
0: You know, it's crazy. A few times a year, in the middle of the night, somebody goes out with a jackhammer and steals. Some of the one of those stars off the fucking walk of fame and sells yeah. it on the black market. How the hell do yeah. you move product like that uh, and do it so stealthily? <laughs> no, it still
1: still hasn't been caught.
0: Yeah, how do you ship like Marilyn Monroe's star to Guam or whoever the fuck's buying it on the black market?
1: Exactly. I mean, somebody's going out there with a drill in the middle of the night, you know. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. Yeah. We're good. Just Keep doing delivering. some doing work. Doing some work here.
0: All right, 1993, Pearl Jam singer Eddie Vetter was arrested in New Orleans for disturbing the peace after a fight broke out in a bar. I don't it's even feel even like that. that's newsworthy. Is that no, newsworthy not, 20
1: years later? Not really.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's 93 and it was Pearl Jam, so. That's, that's, okay. Yeah. They were on the top of the game. They were on the top of the game then, so.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he only spent the night in jail if that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Last
1: Pretty one, much. As well. I'll say the best for
0: last because I have a birthday. 1950, born on this day, somebody that I personally like a lot, Rudy Zarzo from White Snake. He was also in um, Quiet Riot. I'm not sure why I didn't list that. Yes. And also born on this day, Kurt Hammett from Metallica. Metallica! Ah! Yep. So two metal icons, and I, I consider Rudy Zarzo an uh, icon. He's been around for yeah. 100 fucking years. Um, birthdays today, so happy birthday, guys. Last one, one we can all relate to, 2003, falling allegations of sexual abuse of a 12-year-old boy. So, police raided Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. I mean, for God's sakes, the name of his ranch is Neverland. That wasn't a tip-off?
1: Yeah. yeah he had a yeah,
0: yeah. and slept in a fucking, uh, some kind of um, deprivation chamber, sensory deprivation yeah. chamber. So what do you yeah, think I mean- about it? We grew up with Michael Jackson, and I'm talking, like, Thriller, Beat It, um, yes. and all that stuff. What do you think of what of the legacy of what happened to Michael Jackson and his untimely death?
1: I think, oh, man, it's it's sad all the way around. It's, it's that Hollywood story that you hear, man. I mean, he was raised in, I mean, the abuse he took as a kid. Yeah, and you know he did. I mean, if you honestly look at it, he didn't have a childhood. I mean, he was basically performing from the age of what five, if I'm not mistaken, five or six. If he didn't do it right, I mean, you get you get beat. Like he got beat, not disciplined, like beat. So Mm you know that just has an effect on you, man. And then um, to the dude, it was a genius. First and foremost, I don't think people realize how musically inclined he was, as far as like. Everything that you would hear on on different songs he had it in his head there's there's actually tape out there of him if you um you know he would be with like Quincy Jones or whatever, and uh he would you know like for example, like Billy Jean he wanted like i think they laid down a a ton of bass tracks, and he was like usually most songs nowadays everybody's focused on the guitar. He's like, I want everybody to focus on the bass track, so sixteen tracks or something like that was strictly dedicated to bass lines. So you yeah. got that in your head, and and I mean, it was and he was a, a fucking tale, machine. Man. He machine. was a machine. machine. Yeah, and then you know he got hooked on different types of you know like heavy narcotics stuff, man. That a lot of people kept all that under wraps. It's, it's a it's a tragic tale. And then you know you were talking about the the raid on his house, and then the family that set the the kid up in there, you know. I mean, they apparently that kid, you know, they try to get money from Kobe Bryant, they try to get money from Michael Jackson, so the the have the audacity to put your kid up in a, yeah. in, a in a questionable house and be like, here, you know.
0: But I will say this, this dude.
1: Crazy. You know, Michael
0: Jackson was so beloved that not often did he get caught or or accused, however you want to spin the story, once, but twice, mm-hmm. and he still had a pass. I don't feel like Carrie King from Slayer would have been able to get away with that.
1: No. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: feel like it would have been a totally different outcome if it was like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers having sleepovers with 12-year-old boys.
1: Right, right. Tommy, that goes to
0: show how this guy touched people, um, no pun intended, that they were willing to (laughs) overdo those discretions and keep on rocking on MTV, you know, with Kurt Lorder and T L, what was it? T M L T L R.
1: Oh, uh, whatever. T R L. Total live request. Right, no. I think it's T R L. Yeah. Total request live. Good.
0: There you go. Uh, yeah, look look, look, you look at D. Look at D. Look at D. My TRL. old That's memory's funny. failing me. Okay, we got Murray <laughs> <and T-R-L's laughs> on the line. So yep. let me get him yeah. in here real quick. I always like to do a quick setup. So what happened was first episode back, I told Adele, I said, "Hey, send me a band you think that I would like that I've never heard." I'm going to send you a band I'm into that you've never heard, and we'll play them for each other live on the air. This was us trying to kind of get in sync for the first episode. Mm -hmm. And we'll see um, how it clicks. And I played the Orwells. You sent me Screaming Teenagers. Loved them. I sent you the Orwells. You loved them. We were like, dude, we've got to get these guys on the show. I worked my magic, got Muriel on the show. Um, It's only been uh, six weeks, I think, that you've been listening to the Orwells. So, what do yeah. you think? Have they blown you away
1: or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I love them because they're two things. In, in a day and age where everything is labeled, there's so many different freaking genres that it drives me up a wall. Like, so if I listen to a band and somebody will send me a note on them, they're like, oh, that's, you know, post hardcore, you know, emo. Sludge rock or something. I'm like, I, 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 they just rock. You know, I don't know what the, the 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 genre is. I just know it rocks. And 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 these guys, you know, fall in that same mold. I'm like, and these guys just rock. And they have fun doing it. Um, I love the fact I've been reading up on them a lot. Just the closeness of it, the guys in the band. Um, the fact that they just basically came out of high school was like, look, this is what we're gonna do, and and they're doing it. And they're and not in a the way either. Yeah, yeah, and, and having fun doing it, but at the same time, you know, still growing as far as, like, you listen to some of the songs, and some of the songs are definitely, it's rock and roll, so a lot of songs about sex and girls and drinking and stuff, which is cool, but then they also, sudden then they have some serious issue songs in there, so it's like, you know, it's good stuff, man, it's really good stuff, and, like, and it's, and it's so contagious, man, like, I, I find myself, you know, especially where I work, it's a lot of older folks, so, um, you know, I'll I'll go around just singing, you know, certain songs, and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, this band the Orwells so. that one of my friends got me into and stuff. So, no, but I, I really enjoy it, really do.
0: And kind of coincidentally, a couple weeks ago, we had the last guest we had on this show before we did our tribute show was Larry from Pegboy, Chicago. Yeah. Then we had... Yeah um white mystery then miss alex white from white mystery on kettle of fish sunday and now sunday, another yeah. chicago band we are really sweating chicago bands lately it seems like it's a good area man <laughs> it's a good sound all right let me get murio in here so he doesn't have to hold anymore murio what's up
3: what's going on hey. nothing
0: man thank you so much for calling in
3: i've been no listening problem. to you guys
0: for about a year just got odell into you Um, We have a lot of punk bands. Me and Odell's in our 40s. We have a lot of older punk bands go through here that we listen to as kids. Let me start Uh off with this, because this is the first thing I thought when I checked you guys out. As a band, as a younger punk band, flower punk is what I've seen labeled as well, or just rock. And I see you guys are into Iggy Pop and Led Zeppelin and all these older bands from the 70s and 80s. Do you feel like you missed something special not growing up in that scene, that you're missing an essential component? when writing music because you didn't grow up in that gritty 70s, 80s underground rock scene?
3: Right. Um, I mean, it's just like we grew up, uh, you know, with uh, more, more bands like, uh, like, we weren't really affected too much by uh, the like 70s and the, all that underground punk stuff and like whatever's all the New York stuff. We were more, uh, a lot more heavily influenced through like, you know, bands that aren't too old like, Black Lips or, like, Ty Siegel or Jay Retard and stuff like that.
0: Right on. So how do you um, compare today's music scene? I mean, do you think that things are pretty original, pretty rockin', pretty pure is a word, I guess, that would strike me, as opposed to, like, Iggy Pop, because I know you're a fan of them and you guys have covered his song, the Stooges' song, I Want to Be Your Dog. Do you guys feel like things are just as pure as back then, or do you think there's something missing from music today?
3: Um, I mean a little something missing, like you guys are talking about uh people getting too into genres and stuff like that and I think that's like really uh true and it's kind of a bummer that uh when people be like, Well, what kind of music do you play? We're just like, I don't know, you play rock music, it's just like rock and roll band. And they're like, Oh, like what do you mean? It's like that's it. It's <laughs> a rock it's just a rock and roll band. Like what's so what's so hard to understand about this? It, I mean, yeah, people exactly. want to put
0: stuff in boxes, that's for sure. Go ahead, Odell.
1: No, no, and like I was saying earlier, that's what got me. Actually, today, like I, I uh, sent one of my co-workers, you, you guys, uh, you're, you're, um, I think it was the first time you played on Letterman. I was like, yeah, uh, I get to interview uh, the front man from this band. And uh, he was like, well, you know, what's their sound? I'm like, I don't know. It's it, it rock to me. You he was like, no, but what are they – I was like, I don't know, dude. They're just rocks. What is their purpose in life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty
3: strange how uh, people tend to dwell on those little categories so much. Well, you know,
0: speaking of David Letterman, I'm glad you brought that up, Adele, because this is something that struck me when I was watching the appearance. When the mindset of going into a gig like Letterman as opposed to just playing a regular show, do you feel like there's more at stake? Do you feel like because it's nationwide it's Letterman, an icon? Like does it amp up the nerves and rack your nerves, or is it just like, dude, this is a gig like any other gig? What's it feel like going into a situation like that, being an underground rock band?
3: It was like definitely the most like nerve-wracking thing like in my whole life. I'm not gonna lie about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like the whole day, I don't think I said I don't think I said a word until uh, we played. Wow, dude, it, uh, it, was, it was like it super. Was- Hell of a performance, mate. Yeah, it was like getting it was getting to me pretty bad, but uh, at the same time, like I I knew that I wanted to go about it like like it was uh you know that like what that song would look like in a set and like anywhere or, like any venue and not like cause people tend to like you know like they get there like oh this is our big uh you know TV break and then they like go in a super polished mode like make sure like everybody's looking great and like They don't, like, the live aspect of uh, music is, like, taken away from it. So, I don't know, I kind of wanted, I don't know, just going into it, I I was really nervous, and uh, it was getting to me, but I uh, kind of tried to, like, not take it so seriously last minute and uh, just didn't want to do it, like, perfect. I, I almost, like, I wanted to, like, not mess it up, but I wanted it to be, like, far from perfect.
0: Well, I mean, a mission accomplished. I mean, you guys seemed really natural and raw, and the first thing it reminded me of when I watched it was the first time I saw no effects on Conan O'Brien. And I was like, this Uh has that vibe of, I'm here, I'm here to do something, I don't give a fuck, I'm not trying to live up to an expectation, I'm just going to rock like I always rock. Did I got that right, mind
1: frame-wise?
3: Yeah, that is uh, the exact mind frame that I was going for. Yeah, it
1: was the... And Letterman loved it, too, and that's the thing, I, you know. I mean, because that dude's seen so many bands come in and off, in and out on that stage, and I guarantee you there's yeah. probably been some nights where he's just like, okay, yep, and then finally, yep. thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> we really needed that here.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty surreal.
0: Were you shocked when he asked you to play another song? Because he looked a little bewildered out there when
3: he was like, hit it again. Well, yeah, because, uh, you know, I know, like, I had never seen anything like that. And also, they were very, like, strict, like, the people behind the scenes with, uh, like, you're going to play your song, and then, like, you know, like, that's so, it, like, shake hands, walk off, like, because they're, like, you know, they got, like, a time thing going on. So they right. were very, like, you know, like, you, like, do what we say and just do the song, and then that's it. So when, you know, he's saying, he's, like, going against everything that you were just told, like you know 10 minutes ago telling you to keep going but you got you know your guitar's got no strings and you're just like confused (laughs) you know you're just like just the weirdest strangest thing yeah yeah, that shows you're lighting a fire
0: under him and paul schaefer i mean look what happened with paul schaefer and everything like i mean you definitely rocked them for lack of a better term yeah so all right um If Adele doesn't have anything else, I want to shift gears here because I read a couple articles with you guys, and it seems like there was a lot of comparison to the strokes and a lot of focus on your age. I know you guys struggled with that before. Is that something you're still struggling with as the age thing, or have you guys been around long enough to define yourself as, hey, we're the fucking Orwells, this is what we are, and now you're your own entity, or do you still feel like you're being pigeonholed in a way?
3: Well, it's like, you know, we still have two band members that aren't 21, so that's still like a pain when you're dealing with, uh, you know, some venue staff that are like, well, you know, we know the situation, it's just like, you know, I'm like 22 years old, so the fact that, like, I have to, you know, bring beers to, like, a van or a bus, or I have to spend money at a bar before, when, like, if we were all 21, then, you know, everything will go smoothly. Especially if it's like at a point of tour where you're just not feeling it and you gotta deal with like some some uh smart uh venue staff that can be a pain. But uh I mean I yeah, we're looked as young but one majority of the band, so I mean that's we're nearing uh nearing adulthood I guess. There you go. Well
0: I imagine when you're playing overseas um, especially, I think you guys said you played in Japan. Like, that's got to be a lot of freedom, right? Because they are no way as uptight about that shit as over here in the States.
3: Man, no way. That was like the, you know, some of the best hospitality I've ever, we've ever had. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, Adele. They love, I mean, <laughs> they, they love having bands from America
3: over there.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, that was, uh-huh. a, that was a trip. All right, I mean, Adele. Odell.
1: No, I know. As far as touring, you guys, you guys pretty much stay on the road. So, um, uh, I guess I got. Well, it's like a two-part question. Um, coming out of high school, you guys pretty much were like, "Okay, we're done. We're going on the road." How does that compare? Like when you, I know it's only been a couple years, and you're you're the elder at the old right age of twenty-two. Um, how does that? How does that? How does touring now compare to when you first? You know, Got that experience,
3: that eye-opening experience It's uh, just less Less exciting Which is okay. like the sad truth But uh, <laughs> yeah when you're like When you're like you know like your first tour Fresh out of high school and You know you're like you're like the world is In your palm and you see all these cities and Places for the first time and it's like You know it's crazy and you're like You, you know you're like whoa We like showed up to a venue and like There's like pop and chips here for You're like, whoa, Damn. this is wild. And now, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't, like, you know, lose its uh, spark completely, but it's, like, definitely not what it's like. Uh, it doesn't feel like what it did, you know, your first tour, second tour.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this is the most mind-blowing thing to me when I'm looking into the history of you guys is, You've put out a couple albums on major labels. I think you've put out four altogether between the indie local labels and stuff. You guys have done a ton of videos. You've played all over the world. But the thing that most impressed me is it's still all the original members that started off in this first band in high school. This is kind of like marrying the first girl you had sex with and it fucking working out. This is incredible for yeah. me. I've been a guy that. who's had like 14 drummers in his band Over three years. That you guys are all still resilient together, fighting unit. That's insane to me for the last seven or eight years. Yeah,
3: I think we're going on maybe five and a half. I don't know. Something like that. 2009.
0: Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, yeah, yeah, six
3: years. Yeah, but that's crazy
0: uh, that you guys are still performing. Are you still that cohesive unit? No fighting, no infighting, nothing like that?
3: I mean, no, we're like any – I guess any good relationship would, uh, would be like behind the scenes, you know, not to, uh, you know, we're not like, we're not like the perfect couple or anything, but you know, it works and we have fun and we're uh, still together. So, I mean, it's all that matters.
1: That's definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like just looking at your interviews, the, um, like I, most of the interviews, I see all of you guys together doing, um, um, you, it's very, you know, I mean, you, you have done, you know, I've seen you and Matt do solo interviews, but for the most part, you guys do them as a group, and and it's just it's funny because the way y'all just bounce things off
3: of each other, or the way you give yeah. each other looks, like, you know, like yeah, okay, this guy. yeah. I mean, we're like the five most, we're like the five more most different people you could ask for, and then well, just put together, we're like all just so so different. It's like pretty crazy that uh, you know, and I'm like maybe that's uh. That's a reason why it's, you know, worked so well, because, like, when it's, like, you know, time for music, like, we're all together and, like, we do our thing, but then, like, when we're not, you know, playing music and touring, like, I know everybody, like, thinks that, like, you know, bands get off stage and they, like, make plans to, like, do, like, you know, best friend activities, but, like, we're, like, totally different people and we all have our different types of friends and we all do our own thing, and but, you know, we still... We still write when we need to write, and we play shows when we need to, and we have you know great fans, and that's, it's all good. That's cool.
1: That's cool.
0: Well, you know, another thing that really um, kind of struck me, too, is I was going through, looking at all the videos, and like I said, I've been listening to you guys for years, so I know all the music, but I always like to go and look at comments on videos and see Ooh, what the asses are saying. <laughs> I got to tell you, dude, all the comments were positive. <laughs> I'm, like, waiting really. to see, like, a negative comment, and people fucking love you guys. Nobody has a na- – and that that is an accomplishment in itself on the Internet yeah. to not have any trolls. But people right. – I mean, I got to imagine when you go on the road, dude, people are sweating you pretty hard, right? Because it's nothing but positivity when I read about you guys.
3: Yeah, there's a – yeah, I mean, not like a – I mean, on the road, it's, like, super positive and – uh I've yet to have like a you know a bad like a you know a bad fan or a, somebody like you know way out of line. Like it's all really really good people, really nice things, and you know we, uh, we have a good relationship with them.
0: I think that says That's as just, much about the fan base as it does the band, right? I mean, do you think yeah. it's because your fans really get it? They understand the purity of just we're here, rock and roll. Here's our set. Good night. Is that what's going on? Yeah.
3: Yeah, and then, like, uh, I've noticed with our fans is, like, uh, it's almost primarily, like, either really young kids or, like, you know, not like old, but, like, not, um, not mid 20s, you know, people. Which is, which is good because, you know, those kids are going to, you know, get older and then we'll get our, like, mid 20s fans in, like, five years or something. And, uh, you know, older, older people are showing their kids and, uh, Bringing their son on the dog through the show. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of, like, kids and parents, and, like, everybody's having a good time, and there's not really... It's not like we, like... There's no, like, demographic, really, of our fans. It's very, like, all over the place and widespread, which I think is a good sign. Sweet. That's you
0: does that fan demographic or the energy from the fans change based on who you're playing with? Or are you, are you seeing a lot of those guys are there to see the Orwells and you're not really seeing a gap between the band you're playing with and yourselves?
3: No, I I mean, it's, it's nice to have like, you know, young kids losing, losing their shit. But, um, you know, I get to, it's, uh, if you know that everybody's, you know that like everybody's there and cares and, came to see you, then uh, it's pretty easy to just feed off, you know, whether it's uh, an older guy, you know, like, tapping his foot and drinking a beer, or it's, like, some kid, like, totally, like, losing his shit, at you, crazy, like, you know, they're all there for you, then you can, like, you know, tap into every form of energy.
0: So what constitutes a bad night for you guys? Like, what would you say it would be, like, ah, uh, this night we just didn't hit our mark? Is it the crowd, or is it the band?
3: Um... I mean, at the, I mean, it's got to be on us, but we definitely, I don't know, a bad night, a bad night could be, you know, uh, a, a, a group, it could, it could be a group of shitty, you know, people in the audience that
2: mm-hmm.
3: are, you know, trying to stir some shit up or, uh, you know, like, just came with uh, not good intentions that could fuck up a show. Or, you know, security going too hard and, like, slamming kids around. That'll helped yeah. me out of them, like... Yeah. And there. Those are, like, two, two biggies where it's, like, security's a little too crazy and they just, like, hurt some kid. Or there's, like, some kid that just came to talk shit and, like, wants to brawl and, like, you know... So there's It's, like, as long as, you know, the, like, the audience came with a good intention, it's pretty hard for the show to go bad and if the venue's cool then everything right. should go uh, accordingly. But uh, there are those nights where just a couple of uh, couple bad eggs or uh, not great staff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, um, let me ask you this, because I feel like you being so young, the world really seems like your oyster. What bands do you guys still want to play with, and what festivals do you want to play that you haven't got on the ticket yet? Do you guys have, like, a giant outward goal? Or are you like, we're just playing it? By the moment and just doing our thing.
3: Um, festival festival wise, I think we've played everything that I care to play. So I nice. <laughs> you know, like like Lala and Coachella were like the biggest in my mind and uh we did those. So and the festivals I keep rolling love- in which is great and there's a lot of great new ones and shaking ease is really great. We're I think we're getting on the again this year. And uh what was the other part of the question?
0: What bands do you still want to play with? Are there any bands you haven't played with yet that you
3: would love to play with? Love bands that I love. I love Foxygen, and I would love to play with Ty Siegel. Because that dude's just like, that's like the, I think he's like the the top of a, like, as far as like coming out with new material and touring like crazy and changing, you know, not, not doing the same thing over and like like constantly developing and changing and like trying new ways and just like you know dropping like a mainly like acoustic album and then like like he can just he just does whatever he wants and yeah it always sounds great to me so uh yeah i'm gonna see him friday with fuzz like you know you could just like drum in a stoner metal band like he's got no like it's just like amazing But that's
0: interesting, though, right? Like, how do you draw that line between keeping the authentic Orwell sound and going in a totally different direction that might, like, really turn you on and say, we're going to do a fucking album that's completely different? Like, do you feel, how much do you feel, I guess, that you owe to the fans to keep the authentic Orwell sound? And how much do you owe to yourselves to do whatever the fuck you want? I think
3: it's a lot more important to uh, do what makes, do what's going to make you feel good, like, say, The we just made an album that's, like, a very, you know, it's gonna, you know, fans are gonna love it, and, like, this is, like, the time that, you know, we were just, the the new stuff sounds great, and it's very us, but if the one after that, you know, we wanted to do something with, like, you know, horns, or, like, acoustic, or, you know, backup singers, or, Mm -hmm. like, get other artists, like, if that's what, like, felt right to us, and, like, that's what sounded good, and, like, made us happy, then that totally comes first, and, like, if we toured, like, you know, if we toured, like, a weird album and, like, you know, fans were, like, pissed, like, they just want to, like, rage and, like, you know, get blizzard and, like, done, like, tough shit. Because if you want us to, like, you know, keep making music and keep coming around, then, like, we need to cater to our own, like, you know, uh creativity first and then, or else it's not going to last. Yeah, yeah you can't go that's, wrong that's, doing that, dude. Absolutely, yeah. there
0: it is. There's there's a the success formula right there, right, Odell? <laughs> exactly. I mean, so. that's always,
1: that, yeah, that's always been the 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 thing that gets me. You know, you know when you you see a band and you know uh, you know and they they get a hit and then all of a sudden they come back and they try that same format. It's like, nah, man, do what do what you want to do. It's it's first and foremost. At the end of the day, it's you and your four friends in that band um making music it always starts in the garage all, or, or or practice space or wherever it is and it's and that's where it'll end so you know when it's the hoopla is over with and all of that stuff is done you know it's still you and your four friends making music that you guys love and if you keep doing that then the originality originality will be there always and, and your in your fans. I mean, the people that love you are gonna love you. Gonna, you know. Yeah. Best people you, know, you know, if they want to listen to the old stuff or they want something that sounds like the old stuff, and you know, listen to the old album. You know, that's, that's yeah. I'm and that.
3: then, like, if you know, you keep changing, you know, keep changing and uh, growing, then you're just gonna like, you know, you're gonna dial into like, you know, new markets and people that like like exactly. that, and they could take they could take that album away from you and be like, you know, I really like that band. <laughs> Because they did that one weird thing and like that that was my like my shit and I like that band you know I don't like they you know they can like only new stuff they can like only old stuff they can yeah you know they yep. can they can like whatever they want. Yep.
0: So I mean I'm curious then how do you define you personally, Murio? Define success to use an industry industry term is it by units moved or is it by like we went out and rocked these audiences like how do you measure success for yourself then?
3: Um, I mean, I guess it's just pretty simple that like, you know, there's still people that care. I mean, if, at the end of the day, if there's still people that are going to come to your shows or tell you that like, they really like what you're doing, it's just like, it's, you know, I don't need like approval from that many people, but I think, you know, I do need like a, a sort of like somebody nodding their head, like, you know, like, you know, you're doing something good, keep going, like. I don't know. I feel like I, I do need stuff like that, or somebody that just remind me that I'm doing a good thing. Right. right. That's pretty I think that's. I think that's all I need. Then I'll keep thinking that I'm doing something and,
0: good. And I imagine getting turned on to new good music keeps you going too, right? Because that keeps me going just in my everyday like gray nine to five job life when I'm not doing this.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard though. Like you know, people be like well, what, like, new bands are you into? Like, what album rules? And you're like, uh, I don't know, uh, our new album rules. And, uh, you know, I I hope, uh, you know, people don't pass us up. It's like, you know, it's very, like, competitive. And I get turned off by a lot of, like, guitar, guitar rock music where I don't really listen to much rock and roll. Like, I, I think I, like, keep up with, like, hip-hop and rap more and, like, I get more out of that. You wow, say, I you're that more of a that. you're more of a lyric guy? I'll let you
0: get right to it, Adele. Let me ask you this. Are you more of a lyric guy know. when listening to music then? Than a actual sound guy, music guy? Um
3: that's a little of both, you know, like I people uh I like I like a lot of lo fi stuff where you don't know what they're saying, but like you know the emotion and like you get something out of it. But then I like you know, I, I like when you can hear every word and like you can, you know, pick it apart and think of it like Interpret it yourself. I like that aspect too.
0: Nice. Sorry, yeah. Adele.
3: Go ahead. We've got a little bit of a. Oh
1: no, no, there. no. I was I, no, no. I was just saying. I was thinking the same thing. I said a, a lot of, you know, the really good artists. They they do look outside the box. If you, I mean, I've seen interviews with Bob Dylan for crying out loud. The dude's like 150 years old, but it's like, you know, he'll be like, well, you know, I like this particular DJ or I like this particular group. And you're like, man, Bob Dylan's checking them out. So you know, you know. But that's what keeps it you know, keeps it fresh, and then, and, and, you know, and there's no law against, you know, taking influences from other genres or other, and in, in bringing them into, in, into what you do, and, um.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like keeping a, that, like, that, it's almost, like, separate, like, when I want to, like, you know, write songs for, you know, lyrics for us, and I'm, like, listening to our mm-hmm. music, and then, you know, that's almost, like, in a way, that's, like, work, and then, like, when I want to, like, have fun, I can, like, you know throw on some weird some weird like uh i don't know i've been listening like a lot of like it's like some weird like synth shit or like some crazy like just like really ignorant like ignorant ass rap that i could just like i don't know like not think about anything too just like exactly good vibes and like you know just i don't know it's like almost i don't want to think about like really good new like rock music because like if we're not doing it, and it's somebody else. That's just another like person in the way. Uh, yeah. Wow,
0: that's interesting though that you have to kind of go there to decompress from the other side of your life. I mean, the do you find that it's hard to kind of separate the two? Because it seems like it would be a challenge, right?
3: Yeah, it is. uh It's pretty difficult, especially when like, you know, if somebody like, you know, if somebody hasn't seen you in a while, I like the first things like. Something about you know music or the band, and it's like like you see any good fucking movies lately? like you wanna talk about anything <laughs> else like you know like family and shit, like anybody gonna you know ask how I'm doing as a person, like if I'm seeing anybody like <laughs> so the new album, what's it about?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right so you always feel like you're under the a microscope, then I mean I could definitely understand that that's fucking that's pretty intense, man that you have to go through that. And that's a lot to work through, especially in your early 20s. Me being an old man, looking back to my early 20s, I wouldn't be able to handle that shit. I'd probably flip out.
3: Yeah, it's like I kind of like, uh, I mean, it's good because I grew up a bit. But, like, at the same time, like, now i got to, like, watch my tongue and, like, watch what I, you know, watch what I do in public. And, like, it's kind of ridiculous and, like, I don't know, like. You know, I can't like, I can't even like, you know, get arrested like little fun things like that without there being like an article about it the next day. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, it's like it's it's almost like, is that what I have to do? Do I have to like, you know, like have a meltdown or something to like get some press? Like it's, sometimes it's ridiculous.
0: There's definitely a lot of <laughs> scrutiny. All right, let me go here because this is something I want to know. Um, what do you want people to know about the Orwells? Like there's a lot of people probably listening that are fans of the show and may not even know who the Orwells are. What do you pe- want people to know about them, and why should they go check you out among the fucking white noise of the millions of bands out there?
3: Um, Pitch yourself. I'm putting you on a spot just, here a little. I mean, I'm not. I don't think we. Uh, I guess just like we're not bullshitters, and we're just like we're just you know we're not. I'm not gonna pretend it's some like elaborate new thing that we're doing. We're just like making, you know, we're making rock rock and roll music and we're going to try to make it as good as possible and like have a lot of fun at shows. And uh, I mean, like, there's just like, it's no bullshit. We're just like, we're just another, I mean, yeah, we're just another band. Like we are. That's it. We're just a band. We're not like, you know, I'm not going to like spew some philosophical shit. Like we're just a band that makes songs and we're trying to make them as best as we can. And the best shows that we can, and, and that's all. That's all anybody should want out of a musician. And have fun with it, man. Enjoy yeah. it,
1: dude. Enjoy it. Go as long as you can. Like you said, hey, you know, it's it, it, you're blessed, man. Seriously, you know, for you guys to be able, yeah, to, the freedom know, come out of yeah to come out of high school. You know, God bless your parents. If they, you know whatever people that backed yeah. you, and you know, we're like, hey, man, go and do do your thing, man, because. You know, because people get caught up in this world, and, it, and it's, a, it's a good thing when I read um, the articles on you guys, like, hey, yeah, we just got out of school, and we were like, boom, we're going to do this. And, uh, oh, I do have one question. I read in an interview that you guys did, and have any of you all got tattoos yet?
3: Oh, uh, our, uh, our drummer's got an Orwell's tattoo, Okay. And uh that's like the only legit one. And then I'm thinking about I'm thinking about going in. Maybe getting some okay. done pretty soon. But uh right. yeah, I, I want to make sure it's you know legit. Like I don't want no fucking jail needle tattoo. I want like yeah, you an artist. So. <laughs> you know, yeah. little yeah. on your I'm not trying to get some fucking infected ass dick pen fucking tattoo, but when, uh, yeah, when I when I like find with, some like,
0: Tasmanian devil with a fucking Confederate flag, like I've seen people get. Yeah, I'll save <laughs> that.
3: I'll save that for when I do real jail time. I get a legit jail But <laughs> um, For now, I'm gonna wait till I find like you know cool cool artist I'm comfortable with and go in and have a little have a little talk or however you get a tattoo done. There you go. go. There you go, man. Right
1: on. <laughs>
0: All right, last question. It's the most obvious question, but I was you know, I'm a studious guy, I'm scouring the interviews, this question was never asked, I can't believe it was never asked, the Orwells, are you, did you name the band after George Orwell, Animal Farm, 1984, how did they get that name?
3: Nah, it's just like, well, I mean, yeah, technically, yeah, but it was uh, just some it was some lazy kid shit, we were like, somebody brought it up, our bassist brought it up, like, yeah, that, uh, that sounds kind of cool, And like, at our high school in the time, it was, like, really obscure, like, just, like, the shittiest band names I've ever heard. Like, really just weird, nonsensical shit. And then uh <laughs> it was just, like, what happened to, like, the bands, Like, what happened to just, like, you know, straight-up black and white, uh like, the, and then, like, a last name, like, the Ramones. So we were, like, yeah, we could just, like, pick a cool last name and just, like, throw the on it. And then we, like, all had that book in school. We were supposed to read it and then, uh I was, We were, like, yeah. That sounds okay for, like, the next show or whatever, but then we'll change it. And then we were just (laughs) lazy-ass kids, and then it was too late. Well, that's amazing.
0: (laughs) All righty, Mario, tell everybody where they can find you, what they're working on. I want to thank you so much for calling in, Mike.
3: All right, we are uh, working on the new stuff, and uh, we're going to finish it up, like, come January. So I'm thinking maybe, like, spring, late spring get ready to hit up uh, the record store, Best Buy or whatever, wherever it's going to be at Target Petco. And then uh <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it. We're uh working we're working on it and uh it'll be it'll be done soon.
0: Nice. Where can we find you online for all the fans who just got turned on to you?
3: Online, put us in the little Facebook search bar. You can go there. You can just put in ourband.com and uh you know, grab some Grab some shirts, and tickets for upcoming shit, and uh, yeah, Google just Google that shit.
0: Right on, righty. Thank you so much you for guys. calling in. It was an absolute delight, thank sir. You. Thanks, thank you. Alright later. Peace. Alrighty, Odell. I didn't get to ask you before we queued um Muriel
1: in. Yeah.
0: Uh, what did you think of this day in musical history? Should we keep it?
1: Yes. And actually, I, 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 if you want me to, I can throw you some stuff too. So, you know, I like that whole history thing. So.
0: Right on. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, man, and this isn't me, like, kissing ass or blowing smoke. When I check out a band like the Orwells, and it actually picks me up, and White Mystery did this for me too. Yeah. And I don't check out a lot of new bands that often. And um, when I look at these bands and they can, like, kicking that old youthful, like, yeah, angst feeling, yeah. that means yep. something, man. And it kind of gives it me does. hope when I talk to guys like Murio, who are so down to earth, yet to have such a jagged edge. And you know, exactly. like, yeah. okay, there's a little bit of a dark side, but he's also, like Ricky Rackman used to say, like one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. And you can definitely see yeah. this going on with that kid, right?
1: Yeah, you can easily see it. And, and, and it was a beautiful thing, because I haven't heard the talk, you know, like, um, You know, when he started talking about the, the the crowds and the fans at the shows and you're like, oh, man, you know, you always have those guys that want to start something, and then you have the other ones with the security. I'm like, man, this is, was he going to shows when we were going to shows? Because, you know, nowadays most shows you don't even see that. Most of the crowd, you know, they're just holding their phones up and trying to take pictures of everything so they can Instagram. Or post that it.
0: shit to sell it?
1: Yeah, but, but now, you know, he's like – No, and and it's great. I I love the I love the honesty. I love the fact that like, hey, you know, I can't listen to other (laughs) other bands because if they're better, that just drives them even crazier. You know, I like the fact that you know he's brutally honest when it comes to that, and that um, that they take that and they use it and do their thing. And looking forward to the new stuff. That's that's cool that they're gonna have new stuff around the you know the springtime.
0: Well, you know, after talking to Muriel, I feel like if he came in contact with an older man, it would be like that scene in Cold Mountain, where the guy's like, "I've got you dead to rights," and the kid's like, "Yeah, but I got one thing you don't. What's that? The arrogance of youth." And that's a fucking that's powerful thing, right? That, that, that is means something, thing. especially today, a day of apathy and people like zombiefied by their fucking screens. That's got to mean something, right?
1: It does, and then the fact that, um, uh, you know, kids. You know, kids are looking for that. You know, I, I remember playing shows, and it's been a handful of years now, but I remember playing, and, you know, you play a, a, sh- a show or a festival, and all the bands sound the same, and then all of a sudden you play, and they're like, man, we really needed that. We really needed that. And I think that's what they have. And I think people, you know, kids need that release, man. They need that. There's a lot of pent-up, you know, a- aggression and feeling that you can't release Sitting in front of your TV playing, you know, Halo, you or whatever. You yeah. Know, you need to get out there. Or, you know, there's a lot of bands, and I'm not trying to knock any bands. There's a lot of great young bands out there nowadays, but, you know, they're all very the same. It's like, you know, they're just they don't move, or they're just behind the keyboards, or they're very sad, or they're just like, oh yeah, this is how we do it, and and you know, you're gonna like it. These guys get in your face. You know, Mario's a great. If you, I mean, just you know, watching some of the videos. I mean, the kids climbing yeah, the rafters, hanging from stuff. You know, that takes you back. And I and and, and and like you said, and it's cool that you know he mentioned how he has really young you know kids coming to the show, and then also you know you know basically old guys like us <laughs> the too. Yeah, ancient. You know, the the social security guys coming
3: to the show because A R P
1: crowd. Yeah, because it's like, that's what we love. So when they see these young guys, I'm like, yeah, yeah, these young guys get it. They get it, you know. Why am go going to see them? They're taking me back.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. It gives us hope. All right, we're going to wrap it up. up? I am going to end with some Orwell's Let It Burn. Um, we will be All back right. for our big Christmas episode. We're putting together something um, probably kind of special, right, Odell?
1: Yes, yes, can't wait. Um, December 8th, you said 18th?
0: 16th, 16th? yeah, 16th, December 16th, 16th. Lips from Anvil will be on, I'm going to get some other people that we've had on the show um, this season and previously when I did this way back a couple years ago, and just kind of have everybody check in, share some Christmas stories, drink some eggnog and have a fun time, I'm not doing politics during the holidays, I'm not doing anything that's going to bog my soul down, because it's really taxing, fighting with assholes on Facebook all day, I'm just... after tonight, or tonight was fun. After last Sunday, I am off the grid as far as mixing it up politically. I might do a Facebook post here and there, but I'm not talking about this shit. I owe too much to yeah. my family to like sit and here keep, and be pissed off.
1: And I'll keep posting the uh the, the greatest band ever or for at least this week thing too, so you'll see that on Friday on the yeah, uh, yeah, uh, musical yeah, osmosis page as well too
0: post too, which was awesome, thank you. Mm-hmm. I saw the other thing you put on our page too, so thank you. Oh, don't worry, man. You're <laughs> interacting. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. We got a couple minutes left, so let me play some Orwell's Let It Burn. All right. Good night, guys. All
1: right, man. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. You too.